When you're in the market for a new car, you want a vehicle that conquers your daily commute, easily handles the elements, and looks great too. You need the reliability of a Toyota and the confidence that your investment will last. Why? Because after all the carpools, shopping trips, and weekends out, you want a car that still has plenty of miles left in it and holds its value for a great trade-in deal. That's where Toyota leads the pack as the number one resale value brand for 2024, according to Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com. So check out the all-new, fully redesigned 2025 Camry or test drive a stylish and affordable Corolla sedan or hatchback. And remember, when you choose Toyota, you're not just buying a car for today, you're investing in trade-in value for tomorrow. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals, for more. Vehicles projected resale value is specific to the 2024 model year. For more information, visit kellybluebookskbb.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Toyota, let's go places. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to build happier habits into your daily life. This week, it is a very, 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 very special episode. It is our second anniversary. Yay! I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, I cannot believe we have hit this milestone. The days are long but the years are short. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA. And yes, Gretchen, it is totally crazy that it's our second anniversary, which, by the way, um, did you know that's the cotton anniversary? Oh. If, if, we were, <laughs> if we were celebrating our wedding anniversary. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll buy you a cotton t-shirt. That would be nice. That maybe a happier nice. t-shirt. Yeah, maybe a happier t-shirt. Which, by the way, you can email us if you would like <laughs> yeah. if you like a cotton T-shirt. Now, it's so fun to hear what people like. So just as we did for our first anniversary show, we asked all of you listeners for some of your favorite moments. Try this at homes, before and after transformations. And Alyssa, it was so fun to see what had really uh, stuck out for people. Yes. And it's like they would people would write in about something and I'd go, oh, well, maybe that was my favorite moment yeah, as I was yeah. trying to figure out my own favorite moments. Yeah. I go, oh, well, that was really uh, illuminating. Yeah, maybe yeah. I should pick that as my favorite moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. OK, let's get things started and uh, start hitting some of these comments from listeners. Yes. Blythe said, one try this at home idea that has really worked for me is mise en place. Episode 95. As a kindergarten teacher, it makes total sense because when everything is laid out and ready for 17 five-year-olds, it makes the lesson and day go by more smoothly. 
However, we are all human and life sometimes gets in the way. When I heard you talk about mise en place, I immediately knew it would help me. I found a basket and every day before I leave work, I put all the materials I will need for the morning's lessons and put it next to my teacher chair. This has helped tremendously and allows me to flow from one lesson to the next without having to stop and find something. This leads me to the other try this at home idea that lends itself to mise en place, which is to be kind to your future self. When I set up my classroom the night before, I know if I'm a couple minutes later in the morning, it will be okay. Yeah, it's interesting because Blythe is picking up on this. Think about your future self idea, uh, which was a try this at home that we talked about in episode 101. And we heard about that one from many people. I have to say, this isn't something that really resonates with me, but I think it really struck a chord with you, Elizabeth. And many people mentioned how this idea of thinking about their future self was really helpful to them. Yeah. And that goes to what I'm always talking about, which is reframing. I think it's like framing it not as something negative. Oh, I have to do the dishes now. But if you say, oh, I get to do the dishes for my future self, it just feels more appealing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And Gretch, on the be kind to your future self front, we heard from Vern. He said, my favorite hack this year is make your future self happy. As a chronically late person, this hack has been invaluable to me and my family. At the end of the night, when dinner is done, dishes are washed, and kids are in bed, the last thing I want to do is prep for the next day. However, in the morning, I will rush around searching for my travel mug, lamenting that I have nothing for lunch, or yelling, we have to go at passengers who were ready to leave way before me. (laughs) Not a happy way to start the day. Sounds like me. I told my husband about the future self idea and started that night. It's crazy how changing how I think about this chore in terms of my future self makes me so much more likely to do it. What a difference it has made for my household. In fact, my husband just asked, have you made your Monday self happy yet? <laughs> I love that. You know, and I will Meaning know. his Monday self too, by the right, way. Right, right, right. By the way. Yes, yes. Works for the whole family. Um, and I will note that this is, um, you know, I talk about my four tendencies framework all the time. And this is an accountability strategy that does work for some obligers. I will say it does not work for all obligers. Not all obligers will feel accountable to their future self. But for many obligers, the future self is kind of like an external accountability that can make it easier to follow through. So if you're an obliger or you're working with an obliger, it's it's an idea that you can suggest because it often does resonate a lot with obligers. And Gretchen, um, speaking of obligers, if people want to take um, the four tendency quiz to see whether they're an upholder, a questioner, an obliger, or a rebel, they can go to happiercast.com slash quiz and find out. Yeah. And it's it's so exciting to me when because I'm obsessed with the four tendencies. It's so exciting to me when it really strikes a chord with people. And we got a great email from our listener, Sydney, who said, related to the four tendencies, she says, I love the discussion in episode 75 on becoming a minor expert. I love, love, love the four tendencies. Like Gretchen, I can hardly get through a conversation without bringing it up. Look, this is really somebody after my own heart. I decided that as I patiently wait for the four tendencies book to come out in September, I would become a minor expert in personality frameworks in general. It's been a blast so far. I have a stack of books I'm working through on the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, The Big Five, and Finder. 
That's so terrific. And she goes on, I'm also really enjoying the Better app, which is all about the four tendencies. I have recently gone through a tough time, and it was really affecting my ability to stick to good habits. My accountability group in the Better app has been such an inspiration and support. It's truly helping me to stick to my good habits. So that's wonderful. I'm just thrilled um, that uh, the framework that I'm obsessed with has been so helpful to Sydney. So I'm so happy with your your favorite. Try this at home, Sydney. Yeah, it's funny because I'll find myself, you know, mentioning it to people who don't know what I'm talking about. It's like, oh, well, that's such an upholder thing to do or something. Um, <laughs> and then I have to stop and explain the four tendencies to them. So excellent. <laughs> I've gotten many to take the quiz. Many, many. You're such a good sister. <laughs> yes. And Gretchen, our listener, Monica, liked our try this at home tip of pick your moment. She says, I usually call my mom the morning and night to catch up. I have no problem calling in the morning, but the night part was driving me nuts. I love her, but I waited to finish everything at home with my husband and three kids before calling, and I ended up being grouchy, which in turn made me sad. After listening to your podcast, I have a new way of going about that night call. I don't wait till I'm tired or finish everything. I have tried to call her as soon as I get home from the kids' activities, and I feel so much better about it. I don't get grouchy if I do it earlier. When I forget to call and it gets too late or if I'm really tired, I have been texting with her instead, and I tell her I'll call her in the morning. Uh, So that's smart. That's great. Yeah, it's just pick your moment. And um, another listener commented on a different try this at home, which which really you could conceive of as a subcategory of pick your moment, which is um, a way to pick your moment to make a challenging social situation easier. Mm. In episode 68, we talked about the try this at home of being on time. And as part of that discussion, we talked about why it helps to, to show up on time or even a little early in a situation if you're worried that you don't know anyone or you're not sure of like how you're going to fit in if you're a little bit anxious about it. And this comes from Catherine in Munich, Germany. She says, I moved to Germany a year ago and I've realized that since I work from home in English, if I don't make a concerted effort to actually make German friends, my language skills won't improve past a certain day-to-day level. So I decided to join a group that has a focus of my work topic and is German speaking. It was a bit nerve wracking to show up to the first meeting, knowing it would be all in German. And not only would I be meeting all new people, but doing so in a different language and possibly with vocabulary I wasn't familiar with. But I remembered your tip to be on time. And instead of slipping into the meeting late and trying to jump into confusing conversations that were already going on and topics I wasn't familiar with, I showed up on time, was the second person there and started easily with a one-on-one conversation that slowly morphed into a whole group discussion. It was hugely successful. I invoke this hack often and I'm so grateful for you both for making me conscious of the silly tendency people have to show up latish to social gatherings. Be early and part of the conversation leaders. Be the first or second person there and meet people as they come so that you're the group they're becoming a part of, not you trying to find a place to fit in. I think that's great. I mean, it, it really does make the, you can see how in that situation it would be far easier to ramp up into the conversation than to bust in on it as they're all excitedly talking in German. Yeah, I think, Gretchen, in our um, episode we did about, you know, our favorite pieces of advice, this was one of my favorite pieces of advice I got from dad. Yes. Be on time. Yeah, that was was dad's advice. Yes, yes. 
Now, our listener Nancy picked a Try This at Home that has turned into one of my favorites, too, even though paradoxically I have never managed to actually accomplish this Try This at Home. Uh, This is a voicemail from Nancy. Hi, Greg and Elizabeth. This is Nancy from um, North Georgia. I am just calling and thinking about best episodes, and I have to say signature color. Never thought about it before, but now that I have identified my signature color, which is bright red, I have dyed my hair red, all my new purchases are red, I crazily snap photos of everything red, including every variety of flowers and wildlife that's red, and I am so enjoying it. Thanks so much for making my life a happier one. Yeah, Gretch, signature color uh, resonated with a lot of people. Yes, absolutely. This was an idea we talked about in episode 71, and we got a huge, re- such a huge response that we did a deep dive in episode 75. And I have to say that I even I cannot pick my own signature color. But nevertheless, reading everyone's comments about color has made me obsessed with color. And I now am reading book after book after book about color. I'm taking notes on it. So I guess maybe I picked just all colors um, as my signature mm. color because i am just become obsessed with the idea of colors. Um, but Alyssa, I don't know, for a while you were talking about light gray as a possible signature color for you. What do you, are you. Are you feeling more ready to commit? What do you think? Gretch, I have not committed. I just, I don't know <laughs> what big. it is. It's it big. feels like once I make a decision, I'm yeah. going to regret it. It's just <laughs> the weirdest thing. So I haven't committed. Um, but I do, like, I go through the store and look at all sort of different colors of tote bags, you know, and I'm like, yeah. am I, you know, persimmon? Is that my color? <laughs> am I, you know, what what am I? What Because I want to build out my signature color. I yes. just cannot commit. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's a fun idea. It's fun to think about it, even if you, whether or not you can commit to a signature color, it's a fun thing to think about. But so, Elizabeth, here's here's um, a listener who wrote in about something that she does not like about the show. Interesting. Yes, this comes from Ashley in Chicago. She says, please let me preface this by saying I really enjoy the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> However, there is one thing I do not enjoy about the podcast. It drives me absolutely crazy. It is the gold star and demerit portion of the show. Liz always seems to give herself a demerit and Gretchen always seems to give herself a gold star. <laughs> that is not to say that Liz never gets a gold star and Gretchen never gets a demerit, but more oftentimes than not, Liz gives herself a demerit and Gretchen gives herself a gold star. I find myself so aware of this pattern nowadays that I tune in extra closely to see who will get the week's gold star and who will get the week's demerit. And more often times than not, it is Liz getting the demerit and Gretchen getting the gold star. I find myself wanting to shout at the podcast, Liz, you are a good person. Stop <laughs> being so hard on yourself. I know you have done something gold star worthy this week. It is not all bad. And Gretchen, I am sure you are a fabulous person and do a lot of good throughout the week. But come on, there has to be room for some improvement (laughs) somewhere throughout your week. Has anyone else noticed this? Perhaps it is just me and maybe I missed an unwritten rule somewhere along in the podcast timeline where Liz should focus on demerits and Gretchen should focus on gold stars. Oh, my gosh, that is awesome. Uh, well, one thing, Gretch, that I don't know if Ashley realizes is we go back and forth giving ourselves demerits every week. Yes. 
No. Yeah, explain how it works because it's actually highly, highly regimented. This is not something that we do randomly. This is something that we track extremely closely. It follows a very, very specific pattern. So you explain yes. it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Each week we take turns giving ourselves a demerit. Yes. Now, I think where Ashley gets the idea that I'm always giving myself a demerit and you're always giving yourself a gold star is that when we take turns also giving gold stars, the gold stars can be to somebody or something else or or yeah. for ourselves. Yes. So what I think maybe she's picking up on is maybe you give yourself more gold stars than I give myself. Yeah. And so it feels like in those episodes, like I'm giving myself a demerit, you're giving yourself a gold star. Yeah. Um, and then the next week, if she hears, maybe I'm not giving myself a gold star, I'm giving yeah. someone else a gold star. So it feels like I'm never giving myself gold stars. But, um, in fact, we both have the same number of demerits because yes. we just take turns. Well, and the point of demerits, and I think sometimes people don't really quite understand this, it's not to be hard on ourselves. It's to teach ourselves how we can do something better. And in fact, Elizabeth, I think it works. It's actually worked out much better than we anticipated, which is yeah. just by saying like, this is a, this is a happiness demerit. A lot of times now we're sort of almost having like near miss demerits and just by having to articulate this was a mistake that I made. It really helps us to do better. Yeah, no, it's really helped me change some of my behavior, knowing I'm going to have to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> yes. But um, for Ashley, maybe I'll try to give myself a few more gold stars. Well, no, and I think you should. I think you definitely are very hard on yourself. I agree with Ashley if that's coming through. And in fact, you know, I have contested some of your demerits. Like there yes, have been times you where, have. You, yes, like the infamous thank you note thing, which appear, we talked about in episode 63 and then later on in 67 because people were so fired up. I contested the demerit because I didn't think that you should give yourself a demerit for not writing thank you notes for 46-year-olds for the presents they had given to you in person in their party. But we won't need to rehash that whole thing. But yeah, and the idea of gold stars is sometimes we give ourselves a gold star, but then sometimes you give a gold star to like you gave a gold star to the crossing guard or I gave a gold star to uh, the subway system. Um, it's yeah. just something that we've identified in our life that has made us happier. So that's the theory be behind gold stars and demerits. And that that's how they are organized. Uh, but I love that Ashley is pay is paying such close attention. Uh, we really appreciate it, Ashley. Yes. Gold star to Ashley. Gold star to <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> there are some stories about our father's life that I truly never get tired of hearing, from hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting. His retelling of the events always brings me joy. Just in time for Father's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all his stories for our family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your father or father figure's life for years to come. And Gretch, you get a book of all these stories. And I love just keeping a book on the coffee table and anyone from any generation can see a story from dad, like what was his favorite toy or what was his first job? Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to StoryWorth.com slash happier. That's StoryWorth.com slash happier to save $10 on your first purchase. 
LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Here's a favorite Try This at Home that came from a listener in Kansas City. Hi, this is Hannah calling from Kansas City. First, just wanted to say thanks, Gretchen and Liz, for your podcast. My sister introduced it to me and love to hear you guys talk about your sister relationship because she's five years older than me. We just have so much fun listening and talking about your podcast each week. Um, but my highlight for the year is Gretchen's idea to celebrate minor holidays. And um, we did that for Valentine's Day. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old little girl who loves the color pink. She'll tell you probably five times a day, I like pink, Mama. And anyway, I took the time just to get some small decorations and had pink cinnamon rolls, pink decorations. And when she walked out on Valentine's morning, she just had the biggest smile and wonder and was just so happy the whole Um, morning seemed magical, and I'll remember it forever. A really small way to make my life a little happier. So thanks for the idea, and I hope to make it a tradition in our life. Gretch, I have to say, you know, um, we've got the happier 2017 hashtag going on Instagram, even though it's not January anymore. A lot of people are still doing it. And a lot of people on Instagram had pictures of their holiday breakfasts on Valentine's Day, just like Hannah. No, I know. And a lot of listeners um, emailed in pictures of their holiday breakfast. And it's so fun. And the fact is, it's high impact and not that much work. And it's just a really, really fun thing to do. So it was great to hear that that Try This at Home resonated with so many people and ended up making the holiday um, a little bit happier for everyone. Yeah. And for anyone out there feeling guilty that they didn't get it together for a holiday (laughs) breakfast, I'm with you. I didn't get it together and I felt bad about it, but let's just move on and be glad that (laughs) others did. Elizabeth, we devoted a whole very special episode 80 to The Five Love Languages, which is a book um, by Gary Chapman that divides people into their love languages depending on the language of love that they speak. And we heard a lot from a lot of people about how that framework helped them understand themselves and their sweethearts better. And we got this email from Jennifer. Yeah, she said... I had a revelation while listening to the Love Languages episode. When my ex-fiance and I were still together, we often thought about going to the grocery store. I thought we should go together and make it an errand date, and he thought we could get twice as much done if we split up errands. My number one love language is quality time spent together. I'm guessing my ex's was acts of service. 
I felt unloved because he didn't want to spend time grocery shopping with me. He felt unloved because I didn't want to grocery shop for both of us. I'm happy that I have retroactively learned this lesson to bring forward into future relationships. Um, well, that's mature for one thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Jennifer made another uh, another point in her PS um, because you and I both said kind of offhandedly that our language, words of affirmation, we're like, it's so easy to have words of affirmation. Yeah. Why can't everybody do words of affirmation? Which, as many listeners pointed out, was was an exact example of the fact that people think their love language is very <laughs> yes. easy and like are indignant that other people can't do it, but it's hard for other people. Because in her PS, Jennifer said, for words of affirmation, I hate performing them and I hate receiving them unless it's on a very small scale. They all make me feel squirmy and embarrassed whether I'm performing them or receiving them. Feeling this way is nonsensical and I don't understand my embarrassment. I only bring this up because you said that words of affirmation were easy to perform. (laughs) And for me, it is torturous. So that's a very good reminder that what seems like the easy and obvious thing to you as a love language might be very, very difficult for someone else. So Elizabeth, I think you and I have learned a lot about how words of affirmation is uh, can be more challenging than we assumed. Yes. <laughs> Although it is still the least time consuming. Like, <laughs> we've got that It may not be the easiest, but it does take the least amount of time. Yes, 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 yes. Gretch, let's talk about some before and after transformations. It's always great to hear when an idea from the show has helped someone make a big change in their lives, when it really added to their happiness. And I was especially happy to hear from our listener, Katie, um, because one of the tried this at homes that I have to say was the most transformative for my life also worked for her, too. She called us about episode 98, which was where we interviewed the brilliant science writer Gary Tobbs about his new book, The Case Against Sugar. And uh, this is what she said. Hi, Gretchen and Liz. My name is Katie. I'm calling from Northern California. And I think my favorite episode of the year has got to be when you interviewed Gary Tobbs. When I was starting to listen, I identified with both of you because Gretchen was talking about having a lightning bolt moment and Liz was talking about not wanting to know what his book said, even though you knew what it said. So I felt like I wanted a lightning bolt moment, but I also didn't because I I love sugar and I didn't want to change. But somehow that thought process allowed me to have my lightning bolt moment. And I immediately got the audiobook and started listening to it, and especially the chapter on the links to cancer. It was really my lightning bolt moment because I lost my mom to cancer about a year ago. And so I have been off sugar since January 17, and it's working. I'm, I'm losing weight. I'm feeling great. I don't have any cravings. In fact, my daughter asked if she could make chocolate chip cookies for Valentine's Day yesterday, and there they are on the counter, and I don't even feel like I want to have one. So thank you so much. You changed my life. So it was great to hear that this resonated so much with Katie and was so helpful. Um, If you want to get a copy of the transcript of a longer interview that I did with Gary Tobbs that focuses on the big ideas from his book, The Case Against Sugar, just email podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And I'll also put a link to his books in the show notes um, if you want those. Yeah, Gretch, I was amazed at how many people asked you for that interview. It really yes, did strike a chord. It did. I was amazed as well. Yeah. Gretch, here's a small but very satisfying kind of before and after uh, we talked about in episode 77. 
Day says, a big try this at home for me has been the one about fixing something that's gross, sticky, or smelly. (laughs) I have to laugh every time I think of this revelation because when I heard it, I thought, hmm, I don't think we have anything like that. Oh, 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 what an idiot I was. I immediately found something, then another, then a (laughs) 100,000 others. I am obsessed with the concept and my husband is now bringing grossness to my attention as well. The most notable item was our basement toilet. It was beyond resurrection with its stain bowl and scratch seat. So last weekend, we just went and got a new one. Joy. Uh, I love that. Yes. The basement toilet. I mean, say no more. (laughs) I can picture it. Yes. Yeah. So it's great to hear. I know I, I love getting rid of sticky, smelly, gross things. So that I'm I'm so happy that to hear. Uh, I write a lot about stuff like that in Happier at Home, by the way. So if that's the kind of thing that appeals to you, my book, Happier at Home, is very focused on that sort of that sort of try this at home. And Gretch, on the gross front, I can report that I am definitely happier after uh, we've gotten rid of the mold that was growing out of our bathroom wall. So Yes, I remember that very vivid description of it, Elizabeth. Yeah, so I have Excellent. a good before and after yes. story with that one, too. Now, Elizabeth, you know, um, uh, speaking of your own personal struggles, it seemed that many people identified um, with the discussion that we had about episode, in episode 91 which is when we talked about the struggle with soul-destroying apps, and you talked about your ongoing uh, struggle with Candy Crush. And it turned out for a lot of people, getting rid of an app uh, really did make a big difference. Yes. Bonnie from Plains, Pennsylvania said, I love the one episode where Liz deleted the one-time-sucking app as a happiness hack. As a questioner, I clearly need a bit more time to do the research, but I finally deleted my time-sucking app, Facebook. Not only did I delete the app, but I deleted Facebook. Yes, I made the 14-day waiting period for it to be deleted. I'm happy to report my days are much nicer without the Facebook time warp. I'm spending real time with people not distracted by my phone. I'm meditating, working out more, and just enjoying life. It's crazy the amount of extra time I have now. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes, Facebook is, is a bit of a, you know, rabbit hole. There's no doubt about it. Now, how's it going with Candy Crush? You still off? I am off, Gretchen. I Yay! am off. And it's hard. I have yeah. moments. I have itchy <laughs> fingers. I want to download it, but I haven't. You tell Jack to check your home screen every once in a while. Make sure that yes. it's not popped up again. Yes. <laughs> oh, and I have to say, as a side note for Bonnie, I love it when people note their tendency when, they, when they're making these things. Like, that's very interesting for me. So thank you, Bonnie, for also noting how you harness the questioner tendency in order to make it easier for you to delete the soul-destroying app. I love that. And now, Elizabeth, let's do some favorite moments. This is my favorite part, the favorite moments part, because some people um, just let us know their favorite moment from the last year. Um, yeah, Carmelita says, my favorite episode ever is episode 87, the live episode recorded in Seattle. True, I may be just a tiny bit biased because I got to attend that one in person. But even that aside, I believe it would be my favorite. First, Happiness 911 songs. What a fabulous idea. And I really love the way the music was interspersed throughout the evening. My favorite moment was producer Kristen dancing for us. (laughs) Please tell her thank you so much for putting together the Spotify playlist. I love it and have gone to it often. 
Also, the audience contributed happiness hacks. My favorite was the woman who explained that we Seattleites rarely carry umbrellas and how you can't experience the warmth and coziness of drying off in slippers until you become soaked in a rainstorm. And Gretchen, I think Kristen also, that was her favorite um, episode, right, Kristen? Yeah. Was that your favorite? Oh, my God. Hands down. I just, (laughs) I loved it. I loved it because I've always loved the happier listeners because, as you know, I already listened to all the voicemails and I already have kind of an invisible relationship with them. But (laughs) being able to meet them in person was amazing. Yeah. I loved the Spotify list. I couldn't believe how many thousands of people yeah. participated oh in that. Yeah. It was amazing. and then But your dancing was a highlight that allowed uh, it it really the people was. who were not there in person were not able to see that, but that was amazing. It was really fun. And then it was <laughs> thrilling when it was done with, because then I knew I was done with my portion on stage. And uh-huh. I can run back to my seat and direct you guys again. So the whole thing was great, though. I have to say, I do not think Gretchen and I could have gotten away with that dancing. No, 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 really, no, definitely. You pulled it off. Yep. Yeah, yeah, really. Next live event, mm-hmm. I'm making you guys dance. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's the challenge. Now, one and one of the things I loved about the about the live event was that we got the chance to talk to Chris Gillibo, who, of course, now has this fantastic new podcast as part of the Onward Project, um, which is Side Hustle School. And um, I know a lot of people are listening to Side Hustle School, which is all about how to start your own side hustle. And so if, if, if listening to Chris talking is making you kind of curious to, to, to hear more about him and to hear him talk about his own experience, and because um, he's kind of got a crazy cool story, you can listen to episode 87 because there's, there's an interview with him that we did on stage. That was fantastic. Yes. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Now, Alyssa, I want to hear your favorite moments from the past year. What were your what were the standout moments for you? Well, uh, I also have a favorite moment from uh, our live event in Seattle. Gretchen, you remember we did a deep dive into manifestos in that episode. Yeah. And uh, we had some listener manifestos, people who were in the audience um, come up and on stage and talk to us about them. And my favorite was from Jen and her new season manifesto. Um, that she made to help her manage move to a new city for grad school. Um, and this one particularly stuck with me. It was don't treat a gift like a burden. And, um, Sarah and I, my writing partner and I have really tried to take that in. Mm. In fact, we have it written on our whiteboard mm. to see every day. Don't treat a gift like a burden so that we can remember that, you know, when we have work to do, it's a gift. It's what we want to be doing and not to feel overwhelmed by it, but to kind of wrap our arms around it. So um, thank you to Jen for that. That one's really stuck with me. 
Well, and it's it's sort of a it's variation of it's a fun job, and I enjoy it. it. Like you guys are always you guys are always reminding yourselves how much you love <laughs> how much you you love that crazy world of Hollywood. I know. It, it sometimes we need a reminder clearly. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, what else? Any other favorite moments? Well, I have to say, Gretch, you mentioned earlier the great thank you note debate of 2016. <laughs> and it was it all came out of um, a demerit I gave myself at episode 63, as you said, for not writing thank you notes for Jack's birthday party. And then we talked about it more in episode 67 because we got so much response on different sides of people thinking you should or should not write thank you notes. Most people we have to note think you should. And I just loved it. And there's a lot of variety about what constitutes a thank you note. Does an image snapped on a phone, email to everybody, does that, I mean, it it ended up being a very complex. Yes. Or can you do the sort of, you know, group thank you note, others take videos, Some people, you know, are just the handwritten formal thank you note is a must. I just love the whole discussion and debate and that people are passionate. I thought it was so fun. Mm -hmm. By the way, I have an update on this year's birthday party. Thank you note situation if you'd like to hear it. Yes. What? Well, I've done even worse this year. Last year, I wrote a bunch of thank you notes, but never sent them. This year, Uh I haven't even written any. So I didn't even get that far. So even though it's not that I agree with you that I don't need to write thank you notes, I just am not, I haven't gotten it together. So anyone listening to this who attended Jack's birthday party (laughs) and gave us a gift, I apologize. This is thank you note by podcast. Yeah, but I will say. It's a whole new frontier. I made such a thing, Gretchen, out of having, when Jack opened his gifts, having the pad and the pen and just saying, okay, now who's this from? Okay, this is from Max. We have to write it down. Jack, you cannot open another gift until we've written this down so we can write a thank you note. I mean, I to hear me, you would think I was going to sit down and write, you know, have him write all of the thank you notes that day. And in fact, I just put the pad away. <laughs> And I have a wonderful list of all the gifts, and I haven't written one thank you note. So, oh, you know. Well, I am not going to comment because yes. I have already. Do not I have comment. Already, I have already. Yes, I've already explicated my views about this, but I think you're a really wonderful person. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so, Gretch, what were some of your favorite? What was your favorite moment this year? Well, Elizabeth, this was easy for me. I knew this right away. I did not have to reflect. I didn't have to review. It is overwhelmingly my favorite moment was in episode 85 because uh, in the Know Yourself Better segment, we talked about the question, have you ever been upset by a well-intentioned gift? And as part of the discussion, you mentioned that you had given as a as a Christmas gift to your mother-in-law the pet egg, which is an electric pedicure device. <laughs> And I laughed so hard because I was just like, there's no way that someone isn't going to think that that gift is like a hint, hint, hint. I gave my mother-in-law, and I hope she didn't take it the wrong way, um, 
you know, there's the pet egg, which is something you use to scrape <laughs> um, like calluses off your feet. Well, they have an electric version and I really wanted one. And so I, you know, I got one for my mother-in-law and I really hope she didn't take that as I was commenting on her feet, which of course I've never noticed her feet. So I don't know how she took it because I wasn't there when she opened it. Um, I am literally gasping for breath. that was an ill conceived gift <laughs> i cannot i i have not laughed so hard in a long time i think that's a gift so you did not get judy one of those <laughs> and i just could not stop laughing and i laugh every time i think about you kind of innocently ha- handing off <laughs> this highly pointed gift to your mother-in-law and what made it even more fun for me now is that a listener wrote in and said that she was laughing so hard along with <laughs> us that she fell off the treadmill at the gym. <laughs> yes. So, so I really, I really loved that. Um, yeah, an um, update on that, Gretch. Thank you. Okay. You sent me an electric um, yes. pet egg. So, thank you. <laughs> yes. I couldn't resist <laughs> the minute we got off. Uh, when I, the minute I got home from from that recording, I bought, I got you that. Another favorite moment was um, something that you said. Um, that, that was really the response to something that you said because you had given yourself a demerit uh, to Ashley's point for wearing sweatpants and not like cute athleisure wear, but like really like the bad sweatpants, and you were feeling bad about it. And what was really really lovely is how many listeners wrote in and called in with suggestions and brands. And this is what I did. Like everybody was was so eager to be helpful and constructive. It was just really nice that sort of this little happiness stumbling block for you. People really, really reached out to try to help you fix it. Yeah, it was so nice. They would send links to different, yep. you know, pants and, and uh, spe- pants especially, but di- and shirts. And- and one really nice thing, Gretch, is um, a sportswear maker Outdoor Voices heard my <laughs> um, lament and actually <laughs> sent some athleisure wear um, that's wonderful um, that has upped yeah. my game, even with a note saying, now we suggest, you know, half tuck of the shirt into <laughs> these pants. Um, really holding my hand through it. So at work, people have been commenting saying, oh, Liz, I, you know, you got the athleisure going. Looks good. Did they really? So I am working on it. I love it that people are just, they're, they're so eager to be helpful. So thanks, everybody. I am upping my athleisure game. Upping your game. Um, and another thing that I really loved was the wedding readings. Mm. So a listener had written in with a question about wedding readings, suggestions for wedding readings. And I and we got so many great ones. I made a little PDF of wedding readings. So that was great to get all these suggestions. And so many people have asked for it. And then just recently, someone had suggested, could we do something similar for funerals and memorial services? Because that's also a time yeah. when you sort of want to find the perfect words for a situation. And it's probably even tougher because of the time pressure and also just the emotional shock of dealing with a funeral or a memorial service. And I'm happy to say that is done now. Um, I did just wrap that up. We got amazing suggestions from people. And I finally got that put together, finalized into a PDF. So again, if you want the wedding readings or the funeral readings, you can just email us at podcast at com, And I will send those off. And so thank you for for listeners. That was really a remarkable exercise to be to put those together and read everybody's selections. Yes. Thank you, everyone. Yes. Oh, Gretch, as a side note, I have a favorite title of an episode. What's that? What's that? From this year. It was episode number 62. Um, The title was, Do You Have a 100 Packets of Soy Sauce? (laughs) 
<laughs> I just love the absurdity yeah. of that title. <laughs> that is the, that's great. I love that. I forgot that we were so witty or so funny. Yeah. Now, you know what, Elizabeth? One thing that strikes me, strikes me just also as a side note, is, okay, the fact of the matter is in the world, everybody calls you Liz, except yes. for me, mom, and dad. We are the right. only people who call you Elizabeth. But on the podcast, I always call you Elizabeth because that's what I call you. But the thing that is mysterious to me is so often listeners will refer to you as Liz. How do they know that if they met you, that would be the way they would call you? They would call you Liz. Only your, clo- your like childhood family calls you Elizabeth. How do they know that? But they do. It's, it's remarkable how often people call you Liz. Yeah, it is. It's really funny. Maybe Kristen calls me Liz, I think, sometimes. So maybe they hear Kristen call me Liz when she's on. Also, your Instagram handle. Oh, oh it's yes. My Instagram is Liz Craft. Yeah, although my Twitter is Elizabeth Craft. Yes. Now, you're, you're a woman of many names because you also yes. sometimes go by Craft and sometimes go by Fiero. So I never know, like, if I'm sending you a package, like, what name do I put on it? It's just like there's multiple iterations. Yes. Yeah, so, Gretchen, that goes to the, I asked one year for uh, Christmas for pads of paper with my name on it. And you ended up getting me, like, numerous <laughs> pads with different Liz Fiero. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Craft, Elizabeth Fierro, uh, and I use them all depending on the circumstance. Because isn't your name like for the Writers Guild? Isn't it Elizabeth Craft? Like that's your official credit name? Yes, yes, yeah. But then at school, I go by Liz Fierro. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. And Gretch, one other um, moment I have to say, which again to Ashley was you giving yourself a gold star, <laughs> um, but was one of my favorite moments um, of the year was when you gave your self a gold star for staying up late when you were visiting Cuba because I was so happy that you stayed up late because you never stay up late. And it just thrilled me to think of you, you know, at a restaurant at midnight in Cuba. So good job. I was at a bar until two in Cuba. Yeah, till 2 a.m. Yeah. That was one of my favorites because I felt like that was really you stretching beyond your comfort zone. Yeah. Which I think can be hard for you to do. So I was proud of you. That's good. <laughs> so many happy moments. Thank you, listeners. Uh, it has been such a fun year. That's great. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for all of your input. Yes. And Gretch, in honor of Ashley, we're just going to give everybody a gold star this yes. week. All of our <laughs> listeners for writing in and calling in and listening and to ourselves for <laughs> another year of podcasting. And, of course, to Kristen for her wonderful producing. Yes, yes, yes. And can I also just put in a word for the great Henry Malofsky? Yes. Thank you, Henry. We love Henry. Who was producing the first 62 episodes and launched this whole empire with you guys. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Thanks so much for listening over the past year. It has been so, so much fun. Special thanks to Kristen Meinzer, Andy Bowers, Laura Mayer, and Henry Malofsky. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like the show, as always, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you would like to get the podcast by email, uh, if that's how you'd like to get your updates, go to happiercast.com slash join and we'll sign you up. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. <laughs>